I have been in a sermon series called Meals with Jesus, and I've preached five Sundays, and I had one more left. And I said it was a six-week sermon series, and I was supposed to finish it last week, but then I changed it, got off course. And so I decided, I just kind of, I'm not going to finish it. So can I have your permission just not to finish it? <laughs> Is that all right? I mean, I, you know, David, I was just going to get up here and just preach and act like that, you know, just, just go on with life and act like maybe, you know, not even mention it. But, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. I just, you know, I'm kind of over it now. So <laughs> I feel like you're over it too. So let's just move on. Can we, is that all right? I think you got the point. Can I say amen? All right. And, you know, as a pastor, you just got to be sensitive to things like, you know, when you feel like people got it. I really felt like you probably got it the first time I preached it. I probably didn't need to preach it five times. <laughs> Is that all right? <laughs> uh, it's probably one of those sermons you could preach at one time, not five times. But, you know, I was kind of probably thinking, you know, I probably could stretch it. But, I, you know, you live and learn, don't you? So it's one of those things you just live and learn. I was trying to stretch something that probably didn't need to be stretched. All right, but anyway. But I feel revived today, and I'm going to preach something that I think, you know, I could preach. All right. Amen. God is good. Is that all right? Amen. So um, uh, I uh, was in prayerful reflection this week about a situation that I feel like um, all of us at one point struggle with. And, um, and I want to deal with that just for a few moments this morning. And I think it's very applicable to all of us because I believe that all of us struggle with it at one time or another. And um, I want to deal with it just for a few moments this morning. And I want to deal with the subject, the will of God. And I think that all of us at one time or another have struggled with the will of God. How many would be honest with the preacher this morning, all of us, have struggled with knowing what the will of God is, haven't we? We've all had questions in our heart. We've all had questions in our heart and mind in trying to discern what the will of God is about a matter or about a particular issue in our life. Some of us can discern things better than others. Some of us don't struggle over the will of God, but yet there are some of us that seem to struggle over a lot of things. And I want us just to look at the Bible. I want us to look at a few facts concerning the will of God that maybe will help you in your journey about the will of God. Because I'm a firm believer that when you look at the will of God today, the will of God is to be discerned and to be discovered. It's not necessarily something to be, uh, uh, you know, to pray about necessarily. A lot of the will of God is to be discerned and to discover. And we're going to look at that just very, very briefly this morning. First of all, I want you to see that when you look at the will of God in the Scriptures, you will find that there are two things concerning the will of God, and that is this. There is what we call the universal will of God, and then there is called the personal will of God. The universal will of God states that all men should be saved. All men should come to repentance. All men should know God. 
I believe that all of us would agree to the universal will of God. The universal will of God is that God loves all people and God's wish is that all people would come to know Him. That is the universal will of God. And as you look at the Scriptures, you will find that there are other things that are expressed in the will of God, such as all men should pray without ceasing. That is a universal will of God. There are other things in the Scriptures is that believers should marry believers. That's probably a universal will of God. Uh, believers should attend the house of God. That's a universal will of God. There are some things in the universal will of God that you necessarily don't need to pray about. For instance, and I've said this over and over and over again, such as serving. You don't need to pray about serving because it is the will of God to serve. It's found throughout the pages of the Scriptures. You don't need to pray about something that's found in the Scriptures. So the universal will of God, universally, all men should be saved. That's the universal will of God. But the universal will of God is also the known will of God. What is the known will of God? The known will of God is what's found in the pages of the Scriptures as well. But we all also know that there are also things in the Bible that's not spelled out. Like, am I supposed to buy that house or am I not supposed to buy that house? Am I supposed to buy that car or am I not supposed to buy that car? Am I supposed to marry that person or am I not supposed to marry that person? You see, there is the known will of God, the universal will of God, the, the will of God that's stated in the pages of Scripture, and then there are the personal will of God that's not necessarily stated in the Word of God, like, am I supposed to buy that house? Am I supposed to marry that person? Am I supposed to live in that geographical area? Those are the things that sometimes perplexes us. Sometimes we like, we just don't know what to do. It's not necessarily against Scripture, but yet it kind of puts our stomach in knots. How many has ever been there before? It's not against the Bible, but yet it just kind of makes us upset because we want to make the right choice. I've learned one thing, that God will not reveal the unknown until the known and the revealed will of God is accomplished. You see, until you have done the known will of God, then He will not reveal to you the unknown will of God. Let me say that again. Until you have done the known will of God, until you have done the known will of God, He will not reveal to you the unknown will of God. Let me say that again. Until you have done the known will of God, He will not reveal to you the unknown will of God. And sometimes we're seeking after the unknown when we have not done the known will of God. Did we all get that? Let me say that again. He will not reveal to us the unknown will of God unless we have first done the known will of God. God will not give you a picture of what you are to do unless you do what He's already told you to do. Have you already done 
what He's already told you to do in the first place. Can somebody say amen? You see, the will of God is the desire of God, the plan of God. And in order for you to do the plan and the will and the desire of God, you first must do what God has already told you to do. And when you do what God has already told you to do, then He will reveal to you the unknown will of God. Somebody once said years ago, if you will walk in the light that you have, you are rewarded with more light. Can I say that again? If you will walk in the light that you have, you will be rewarded with more light. Let me say that again. If you will walk in the light that you have, you will be rewarded with more light. You see, when God reveals His will to you, you see, God doesn't always reveal the obstacles that goes with the will of God. Now, y'all just didn't get that. When God reveals His will to you, He doesn't always reveal the obstacles that goes with the will. You see, when Joseph had the dream that the moon and the stars were bowing down before him, he didn't see that his brothers threw him in a pit. You see, because when God reveals His will to you, He doesn't always reveal all the obstacles to you. Because if God revealed all the obstacles to you that went along with the will of God, your heart would be paralyzed with fear. Joseph, in the book of Genesis, the dream just revealed to him that the sun and the moon was bowing down before him. But he never saw that he was sold into slavery. You see, God will not always give you a picture of the obstacles that will go along with the will of God. And sometimes when you're in the will of God and obstacles come along, we get surprised. Like, God, I didn't know that all of this turmoil was going to happen to me. I thought that I was going to be promoted. I thought all of this good stuff was going to happen. I didn't know all these obstacles was going to happen because God was saying, listen, before, listen, the obstacles is a part of my will. Did you hear me? You know, I thought about this. Speaking of the will of God, now get this. Now, I want you to think about this because I had to think about it. Your desires are often in opposition to the will of God. Now, now just think about it because I, I had to write it down because, because it actually is almost contrary to what we've been taught. The, your desires are often contrary to the will of God. Listen to this. Don't lose me. Submission, get this, submission cannot exist until disagreement enters. Did you get that? Submission cannot exist until disagreement enters. As long as there is agreement, there is no submission. Thus, submission cannot begin in your life until you disagree with God about something. 
Did you all just get that? I don't think you all got it. I'm going to read it to you one more time. Y'all ready? Everybody buckle your seatbelts. Ready? Did, did y'all get it? Everybody said, I got it. Ready? Your desires, don't, everybody don't lose me, okay? I know y'all are hungry. But y'all, the Methodists are still leaving you in church, okay? Your desires are often in opposition to his will. Often. Now, I know you're going to say, but I thought he gives me the desires of my heart. You talk about one scripture and 1,066 pages. That's what happens with Pentecostals. We build one doctrine on... Okay, now listen, I'm not done. Your desires are often in opposition to the will of God. Submission cannot exist until there's disagreement. As long as there is agreement, there is no submission. Thus, submission cannot begin in your life until there is disagreement with God about something. So therefore, submission is the seed for promotion. So when you submit to God, you are saying, my will is coming in line with your will. My will is in contrary to your will. My will is not in agreement with your will, but I'm submitting my will to your will. Just like Jesus in the garden said, My will, not my will, but thine be done. I am submitting my will to the will of the Father. His will was not in agreement to the will of the Father. Thus he had to submit his will to the will of the Father. The problem is, is that we think we're all in agreement to the Father. God is saying no. There has to be submission. That, that, that's what's funny in church. That is why people leave churches. The moment you disagree, I leave. We're okay if we agree. But if I got to submit, boy, I'm preaching real good. Y'all don't want to hear me preach today. Can I hear somebody say amen? You see, there is no con. You know what conflict is? Can I hear an amen? You know what the Greek word for conflict is? To clash. There is no clashing if we agree. But the moment you've got to submit, there's a clash. And that is the conflict with the Christian life. The whole conflict with the Christian life, sub to come under. The whole conflict with the Christian life is I've got to put my will under the will of the Father. 
It is not a problem if I agree with God. The problem is most of the time we want to do our will. The problem is God is saying, I need you to do my will, and you've got to come under. So therefore, most of the time, the will of God is often contrary to what you want to do, so therefore the will of God is often painful. Am I right about it? Is that all right? The will of God is costly. Sometimes you can be in the will of God and people think you're not in the will of God. Jesus hanging on the cross, they didn't think he was in the will of God because that sure didn't look like the will of God. Because the will of God will cost you everything. That didn't look like the will of God. But you know what Jesus was doing? He was submitting his will to the will of the Father. Submit yourself under the hand of God. And what He will do, He will exalt you in due time. Did you hear me? See, God doesn't always get what God wants. Am I right? Everybody's preaching love, love, love. Love doesn't change the world, folks. It doesn't change the world. Pain changes the world. Love doesn't change the world. If love changed the world, everybody would be saved. Not everybody's saved. Because love doesn't change the world. If that's the fact, God would have got what he wanted. God doesn't get what he wants. You know why God doesn't get what he wants? Because it's a submission problem. People's hearts are hard and they refuse to be submitted to his will. Refuse to be submitted to his will. The will of God Mother Teresa, a nun, India, bent over. She wanted to build an orphanage in Calcutta. Even the Vatican told her she didn't have the money, she should just give up, she's old, you know, she did enough. She had one penny really is all she had. Her sister said, you know, you've, you've lived long enough. There's really, you just need to give it up. But she knew it was the will of God in spite of how she felt, in spite of what she looked like. It was the will of God to build an orphanage in Calcutta for those children. And they looked at her and said, just give it up. Mother, give it up. Give it up. 
can't build an orphanage with that humpback that she had. They said to her, how are you going to build an orphanage? She had a little penny. She walked up there to her sisters and she said, well, one pence plus God builds me an orphanage. I don't know about you, but we need some the faith of Mother Teresa nowadays. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen this morning? Talking about people who are submitted under the hand of Almighty God. The will of God is painful. The will of God is not delight. It's not easy. will of God calls you to places that once you get there, it makes you rethink if you made the right decision. We think that if we're in the will of God, money comes. People come. People pat us on the back. But sometimes in the will of God, you can't get nobody to help you. You can't get nobody to show up. You can't get nobody to pat you on the back. Sometimes in the will of God, all you have is God. Listen to this preacher. Sometimes the will of God is to teach you that all you have is God. Because God is saying, what I'm doing in you is to teach you to rely on me. Is to teach you what I'm doing is breaking your spirit. I'm breaking you so that you're totally submitted to me. Have you ever been there? Has God ever brought you to a place where you're totally broken in his presence? Or do you stand in his presence as a peacock? Say, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me more. Maybe God has stripped everything from your life so he can break you. You say, well, certainly can't be the will of God. Oh, yes. Say that to Jesus. How can it be the will of God? If you don't obey this, He will make you go through life to break you. If you don't listen to this voice, you don't heed to the sermons that's preached every Sunday, He'll cause life to break you. Believe me, I've been there. It's your will being broken and submitted to His will.
God doesn't reveal everything in His will. He showed Moses the Canaan land. But He didn't show Moses all of the enemies in Canaan land. Because the will of God is progressional. You don't see everything. So ladies and gentlemen, the will of God is painful. But the will of God has rewards. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 3 that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Oh yes, there is a reward for doing the will of God, but you've got to do the will of God. See, the will of God is not all painful all the time. But you see, you just got to think with me. We see through a glass dark. Just imagine, life is this fan. This is you. Let's suppose you live 70 years, 75 years. This is you. This is your trouble. This is your suffering, whatever you go through. This is you. Okay? And you die here. And this is eternity. On and on. What does this little lifespan has to do with eternity? If you could see how long eternity is compared to this little block of time, I'm going to say that again. This little block of time has nothing compared to eternity. This present suffering does not compare to the weight of glory that awaits us. That's why you can do the will of God now. Just a small thing. Are you learning anything? I didn't mean to preach crazy today. Am I preaching crazy today? Is this all right? I am preaching something that's happening to me. Sometimes you get in the prayer closet. He starts to break your will because there's something that you want. When you think you want it, it must be the will of God. You come to find out because you want it, it doesn't necessarily make it the will of God. One of the hardest things in life is you have to submit to the will of God. The will of God means, number one, the will of God means that you can't have anything you want. 
will of God means that you can't have anything you want, number one. The faith message, especially the day and age we live in, the faith message teaches us, lab it and grab it, name it and claim it. But the will of God teaches that you can't have everything. You cannot have everything. The word, the will of God means that you cannot have anything that you want. You can't. Number two, the will of God means you cannot keep everything that God gives you. You cannot keep everything that God gives you. Abraham, go give your son on Mount Moriah. You can't keep everything that God gives you. The tithe belongs to the Lord. You can't keep everything that God gives you. Jesus said, give me a coin. You give to Caesar what Caesar and give God what, give, what belongs to God. Because in the will of God, you cannot keep everything that God gives you. Am I right about it? Number three, the will of God also means that you cannot go anywhere you want to go. You can't go anywhere you want to go. The Bible says in Acts 16.6 that the Holy Spirit forbidden Paul to go to Asia. You see, the will of God does have a geographical location. There are some places that you are forbidden to go. The will of God will take you to places that you don't want to go, such as Jesus went to the garden. And number four, and in closing, the will of God, sometimes you cannot do anything you want to do. You cannot do anything you want to do. Now hold on here. Let me explain this. You cannot do anything you want to do. David wanted to build a temple. But God said, no. I want your son to build it. You can't do anything you want to do. So in the will of God, you say, well, pastor, I have a passion to do it. But you can't do it. Listen, I know people who have a passion to sing, but they can't sing. Somebody better help this preacher preach. Just because you have a passion. I know people say, I have a passion to sing. Can I sing, pastor? No, you can't sing because you can't. I'm not going to let you sing because you cannot sing. I'm helping you out because people are going to talk about you after church. So I'm going to help you out so your feelings are not hurt. Can I help somebody else? Just because a passion is not a confirmation that you're in the will of God. So you can't do anything you want to do. And because you have passion doesn't mean you're in the will of God. David had a passion to build the temple, but he, it wasn't the will of God. Just because you have a passion to preach. I just, you know, I have a passion. I just want to, got to be called to do it. Boy, I'm preaching real good. Is this all right, David? Is this is this good? Am I? Can I get an amen over here? You can't do anything you want to do in the will of God. And I've heard people say, "Well, I'll just do it because if I do it, it must be in the will of God." No. And what happens is people do it, and it's, and then they get in the prayer line and want God to deliver. knows save you a lot of trouble. 